Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's always great to have you with us. We are sure that God is doing great things in your life, even though they may not be very visible or noticeable or probably even pleasant. Sometimes God allows for things to happen in our lives that do not seem great at the moment, but something is definitely happening. We'll talk more about that in a couple of minutes. But for now, I would like to continue encouraging you to pray for our friends in Nicaragua as circumstances continue to worsen. There is more persecution. There are more people getting hurt or put in jail. There are people that are dying daily. Mainstream media may not be very open about what is happening, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. There are people with incredible needs in that country. So please, let's continue putting them in prayer. As we have mentioned in other circumstances, faith-filled prayer is extremely important because God does listen and things can be changed. When we need to pray for the leadership in Nicaragua, that God may touch their hearts, we need to pray for justice, we need to pray for a spiritual revival, that there may be many that do come to Christ throughout all of this hardship. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I, I give you thanks and I praise you for your goodness and your mercy, for your grace. And as always, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation and forgiveness of sins that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you please forgive my sins, O Lord. Lord God, I know that I'm forgiven, but Lord, every day we commit mistakes. We do stupid things, Lord, and we just need your forgiveness, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we, we pray, O Lord, together for, for the people in Nicaragua, for what they are going through. Heavenly Father, please have mercy. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, O Lord, for a display of your power. We pray, O Lord, that you work in the lives of, of the leadership of that country. Heavenly Father, we, we believe that there is nothing impossible for you and that you can reach what we think is unreachable and that you can do the impossible, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that throughout all of this, all of these things that are happening, Lord God, that people may be able to find you, that they may be able to have that personal and intimate relationship with you, Lord. Heavenly Father, bring a time of revival, Lord God. Bring a time of restoration. Bring a time, Lord God, of repentance, Heavenly Father that your purposes may be fulfilled and that they may be fulfilled for blessing, Lord God, and for people to just be able to get to that other place, that better place that you want them to be at. Heavenly Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may always help us to have an open mind and understanding to what you want to tell us. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we started alluding to at the beginning, God sometimes allows for difficult things to happen in our lives. And those things, whether we agree with them or not, are purposeful in God's plan. God uses difficult circumstances to bring about positive changes in us. The Bible refers to these instances as trials. As followers of Christ, we need to undergo trials. We need to be put into the crucible of faith where difficulty and hardship bring about incredible growth. No one said that it would be easy, but the intention behind all of it is for our own good. Let's look at this a little further in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 8, where it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. 
but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So what is a trial? A trial or a test is a circumstance that God allows to happen in our lives with the intention to promote positive change and transformation to take us to a whole new and different spiritual level. Now, we do need to understand something very clearly before moving forward. Some folks misunderstand trials and testing with godly discipline. Basically, the main difference between both trial and discipline is that a trial is allowed by God where we have done nothing to bring that event upon ourselves. Whether it's discipline is what God allows to happen in our lives when we have done something wrong. The Bible talks about His children, those that have come to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and that we are disciplined when we do something wrong. Hebrews chapter 12 gives us very good insight regarding discipline or being chastened, where it says, And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The whole point of being disciplined is to help us understand what was done wrong and to turn away from that wrong by undergoing some form of consequence. I say some form of consequence because God's mercy is incredibly extensive. He many times allows only a small portion of the natural consequences of things. Even though it seems like he might be dealing with us harshly, like the passage said, it is not something that makes us happy or is enjoyable at the moment, but at the same time, if God doesn't allow for us to be disciplined somehow for the things that we've done wrong, then he really doesn't care about us. But he does care. This is the mistake that many parents make nowadays. The brainwashing of our society has caused many parents to make the mistake of leaving their children without any kind of discipline for wrongdoing. So many children are basically spoiled. And they are trained to think that the world revolves around them as opposed to the opposite. There are natural consequences for wrongdoing. And that is a lesson that needs to be taught to young people as they grow up to become productive and hopefully virtuous members of society. Let's trace back to our school days when we were children to understand the difference between trial and discipline. If a student did something wrong, they're somehow punished by the school staff. When I was in school, for instance, you either got detention or suspended or even expelled from the school depending on what you did wrong. That was discipline. 
Now, through the course of study, and to be able to go from one level to the next, there were always a series of tests to make sure that you learned what you needed to learn. Tests are usually the only vehicle that teachers have so that they could see if a student is making enough progress in her learning career to go from a lower level to a higher level. So if a student is taking a test, they're not being punished, but rather they have gone through a learning phase and they need to be tested so they can move up in the world, if you will. And of course, if a student fails a test or a grade, they're required to redo what needs to be redone. They're not being punished for failing, but rather they need to be equipped properly so they can handle the rigors involved with learning at higher levels. So let's think about this a little further, especially as it relates to professions. In order to get to any form of higher learning, in other words, beyond high school, whether it's a trade school or a college or university, a student needs to be tested to make sure they have proper tools to do certain things. Like a machine operator needs to be tested in order to operate large and expensive equipment. And if they're not trained properly, they could cause serious damage and even kill fellow workers on a job site. A doctor also needs to be formally trained and tested to make sure that they know enough to be able to practice medicine. After all, you wouldn't want someone that has, hasn't been uh, certified formally to perform your open heart surgery, now would you? And even then, with all of that training and testing and practice, things can still go wrong. Imagine if there was no learning or testing or practice. This is the purpose for being tested or put through trials. A trial comes when there has been some growth in a believer and God has determined a point in time where he allows for something to happen to see if a believer is ready for the next step. And they will not be able to go to that next step until they get it right. So a trial is actually a good thing even if it is difficult and unpleasant most of the time. It means that God has an interest in doing greater things through your life. So, through this is that we understand the importance for allowing positive change to happen in our lives. Because if we continue doing things wrong, and there is no change in our lives, then we will never be ready for any kind of next step. We will be stuck in negative consequences without any kind of growth or expansion in our lives. Like Einstein said, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. If you don't stop doing things wrong, you will never learn. And least of all, you will never be useful to God. You're going to be like that student that either gets expelled from school because too many things are going wrong, or you will never pass to the next grade. And just in case, God will never pass a student to just get him or her through the system. God will never graduate an illiterate student. And no one will get a trophy just for participating either. Either we do something positive with the great salvation we have through Jesus Christ, or we go nowhere. We need to learn. Now, when we actually find ourselves in a trial, we need to be conscious of it so we can reap the benefits of the experience. And that understanding only comes by getting involved with the Word of God. That's why we need wisdom. And that's why the passage teaches us that we need to pray for wisdom. Even though wisdom is a spiritual gift and the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts, gifts as He wants them to, we are encouraged to ask for wisdom and that God will grant us whatever amount we need. 
When we apply godly wisdom to our trial experience, then we're putting ourselves in a position to succeed. And God equips us with the wisdom we need so we can get the test right. But in all of this, there needs to be immovable faith. We can never have doubt. Our faith must be unwavering. Otherwise, our doubt will make us fall and fail. But again, the only way we can cultivate strong convictions and faith is through the Word. The Word of God is the only thing that can build our faith, our convictions. For it is written, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith can only grow through the hearing of God's Word. But we must believe completely and fully what we are reading. That's God's Word, and if in fact it's the truth. So we need to take it as the truth, the whole truth. Trials are never easy. They are difficult. And what makes them as difficult as they are is that they are aimed at dealing with the weaknesses of our flesh. God wants to ultimately transform us to the point where our weaknesses fade away and His strength fills the void. He wants to make us more like Him, perfect. God's intention is to make us perfect. It will not happen overnight, but if we trust in Him, and we grow in Him, knowing that He just wants what is best for us and for those that surround us, then we will understand that on the other side of the trial is a higher step, a higher calling, a higher purpose, and ultimately a greater blessing that will transcend this temporal world leading into the eternal and the everlasting. Through trials and wisdom, we will always be able to understand that God loves us and that He wants to do great things in our lives and through us. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, it is hard to understand sometimes because it just goes against our human nature, but you have to allow sometimes difficult things to happen in our lives. But Lord, thank you because we can trust and we can believe that even though through those trials, through those difficult circumstances, you're ultimately using that for, for our best, Lord God. That we might be able to come out better, that we might be able to be transformed and be different, Lord. You don't want to leave us the way that you found us. Because when you found us, let's face it, Lord, we weren't in great shape. But rather you don't want to leave us there. You want to change us. You want to transform us. You want to make us different. You want to make us better, Lord God. And not only better, Lord, you want for the end result to be in our lives is that we be like you, that we be perfect. And by your grace and by your mercy and by your faithfulness, Lord God, you will get us to that point through your Son, Jesus Christ, through your Word, through your Holy Spirit. But Heavenly Father, help us to understand and help us to allow for that to happen, Lord. Help us not to be resistant, but rather to embrace it and understand it, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every listener, Lord God, that they may understand that you have a great plan for their lives, that you do want to do great things in them and through them. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that they may be able to see that clearly, visibly, Lord God, that they may almost be able to touch it with their hands, that you definitely have great things planned for them 
but that those great things will only happen if they surrender their lives to you and if they truly believe in you and if they allow for you to work in them and that yes that you that they even embrace the hardship that you may allow in their lives because you want to transform them and change them and make them better heavenly father help us to always be able to understand your love when it is hard to understand but to know that you love us i give you thanks and i praise you O lord in jesus name amen well may the lord bless you the latter rain ministries is a self-supporting christian ministry dedicated to sharing jesus christ and his truth with the world